Let's do this. It's the Back Row Talk Show. Hey, everybody. Welcome again to the Back Row Talk Show. I'm pretty excited uh, today. I've got Chris Curran, the mastermind behind the Podcast Engineering School and the Podcast Engineering Podcast. Show, yes. <laughs> show, the P-E-P-S, as, as I like to refer to it. So a uh, little, little intro to why I'm doing this with Chris is when I got the great opportunity to come on to your show, Chris, it turns out that you're a tool fan. Yeah. And that's like, that, that, that's, that goes straight to my heart. Cause if yeah. I meet a tool fan and even if I think they're an absolute tool, I still <laughs> love them. Yeah. I still love them. Totally. So we, we didn't, the purpose of that show is a little different. So we didn't dive deep into the tool rabbit hole, so to speak, but Chris, if you want to take a minute to talk about your show and then transition into why tool, why, why tool is, I don't know if you told me they were your favorite band, but you made it pretty clear that they're, they're up there for you. So I'll, I'll let you take it from there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you were on my show, episode 176 of the podcast engineering show. And literally it's probably about halfway through the episode. I think I may have mentioned, or you mentioned tool that you were a fan of tool. And I was like, dude, they're my favorite band too. So it's like in the middle is totally unplanned. And so anyway, that's why we're doing this now. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I would have to say tool is my favorite band. I mean, I can't, I mean, I, back in the day, I would have said Metallica, but you know, after everything they've done after, you know, and justice for all, probably it it's, it's great. It's all good stuff. Sort of maybe, maybe they're most, Maybe they're the last twenty years haven't been great, but yeah, um, I agree with that. And I'm a big Metallica guy too. But but you're right; they tailed off pretty pretty steeply after Injustice for All, as far as their their classic sound goes. Yeah, I mean the Black Album, of course. Well, that's their I think their best selling album, and it, it, it is a great album. It is, but it's definitely different than what came before that. Yeah. So, but anyway, I just made the decision re like recently. Not not the decision. I I sort of just admitted to myself that Tool is my favorite band, and I also decided what my favorite album is, and it is a Tool album. Oh, nice! My favorite album of all time. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. So today we're talking about Fear Inoculum, correct? We are, but is that where is that where you were going with your favorite album? Um, no. <laughs> okay, I didn't think so because there's there's it's it's a rare occurrence to find a Tool fan who doesn't, you know, think their best album is back in the catalog. Right. Yeah. I mean, so for me, it's Anima. I mean, you can't. I, I recently listened to some of the songs off there, and it it, it it's like. When you hear one or two songs off that album, you're like, oh, my God, this is just tremendous. This is like Tool in their prime. And then you hear like another song and another song. And it's like when you look at the songs on that album, it's mind boggling, dude. It's like it's amazing. It, so it, it is. It is. It's it's definitely. See, my problem with this band in particular is they keep making me think about what my my favorite album is from them. So, I mean, I, right. they they constantly keep me on my toes, but I'll, I'll throw a little, little quick backstory. Like, I don't know how you were introduced to tool and what made you think the world of them. I'm going to go, I'm straying off already. So you, I got done. a, by the way, I got a good story for you, how, how I got in, uh, into them. So yeah, I'm excited ahead. for that. So let's actually go forth with that because I was kind of getting, to that point anyways i am interested in why tool and the question i was getting ready to toss at you that just melds right into it does your background in music production i know you don't dabble in that as much as podcast production now but d does any is part of the reason their production value I mean, I think so. I mean, their production value is always really good, but for me, it's just the sound of the band and the the you know specifically the drumming, especially back then because I was drumming in bands and I was like this. I was like Danny Carey is just the greatest drummer. I love I loved his drumming. So, but I actually belonged to one of those. Remember those? Uh, what was it called? Something House, where that you, you oh Columbia you buy, House, Columbia House, yeah, right. You 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 get like ten CDs for a penny, yeah. And then, like, over the next three years, you got to buy, like, 
three or four CDs, yeah. which wasn't wasn't bad. Anyway, I did that. that. And I don't know what happened, but literally the C- one of the CDs that got shipped to my house, which I didn't ask for, I didn't even know existed, was Anima. It showed up at my house. And here's this is this it's so so weird that this happened. I literally freaked out because I didn't order that. And I called the company and I'm like, no, you're taking this back. I didn't order this. And I and I should and I sent it back. I never listened to it. I never even unwrapped it. And and how funny is it that probably within two or three years after that, or even one year after that, I I um, came across Tool and I started really liking them. And then I was like, oh, isn't that funny? How I like it's like the universe shipped my favorite album to my door, and I, and me like an idiot was like, I didn't order this. You can't do that. And you know what I mean? What's it's going funny. on with this white square with squigglies on it? <laughs> yeah well that's... it was actually had nothing to do with the album it was more to do with the them just yeah. like you're supposed i'm supposed to buy albums from you you're not just you don't just send me a random album that i don't know what it is huh. so i sent it back that's so funny that's kind of uh that's actually a pretty good tool story because a lot of tool fans they get into the spiritual thing they kind of get into the you know different meanings of life and the universe decided you needed that album Right, hmm. nice. And I and I pushed it away. Yeah. For how long? Oh, I don't know. I, like I said, probably. I mean, look, I I probably around nineteen ninety nine or two thousand. I was in a band and we did a cover of, uh, Anima, the song Anima. Hmm. I so you know I pray, that, and that's I a pray. doozy to cover. By the way, oh, I'd imagine. <laughs> I pray you have a. Rec- I pray you have a recording of that somewhere. No. Ah, oh, come on. No, but it. So here's the thing: we were more of like a a a blues rock band, like like we weren't a heavy band, and our guitarist was not a heavy guitarist. So it it was good. It it, it was really cool live. People really appreciated it. But I mean, it's not like we, you know, it's not like it was the best cover song ever in the universe or anything right. like that. So, so my mine's mine's kind of weird. Yours is kind of weird. Mine's a little weird in a different way. Like I, I had a, a certain female who's just a friend, platonic only, that influenced my music pretty heavily because I was like 12, 13. I was rocking out to Warren's Cherry Pie album way too much. And uh, this girl actually introduced me to a lot of the, the 90s stuff that started hitting you know, the Nirvanas and Pearl James of the world and all that. And, and she was a big tool fan. So I was, I was a Christian boy kind of forcibly. And I went through six or seven copies of undertow because it was just dark and brooding. And I don't know if you're familiar with the hidden track, like the let the rabbits eat carrots thing. Do you remember that on undertow? Yeah. Yeah. The hidden track. Yep. Yeah. So, so that made me uncomfortable as a small, you know, forced christian boy and i snapped that tape over and over like no this is bad i need to quit listening to this it's evil uh, naive 12 year old kid and uh yeah I, I couldn't fight the urges much longer so once i started growing up and had a mind of my own i was like this is not it's not so evil it's fine <laughs> but but yeah i had never heard anything like them and i still haven't to this day and i guess i'm i'm glad because once you really think about it, Fear Inoculum, 13-year gap, a lot of people are gone. A lot of Tool fans didn't get to hear Fear Inoculum. So right. I think I've talked about it a little too much, but I promise anyone that listens to this show, this is it. This is the last time that I center an episode around Tool. So anyways, Fear Inoculum, <laughs> we waited 13 years. We've got it now. We've had it for seven months, roughly. And... Chris, what what were your initial thoughts on the album? I'm sure you were anticipating it uh, like I was. I, I was counting down the days. I was I was absolutely pumped because 13 years is a long time to wait for something you really enjoy. Yeah, and the last couple of years, there's been so many rumors and every, like it just was like, oh, it's coming out. No, it's not. And oh, wait, it's going to come out. And no, they're in the studio and. And then all oh, there's a there was a fire in the studio and you know the, all these things we hear from uh, what is it toolband.com is yeah. that the website yeah yeah, yeah. that ver- it's so cool that they have a community that keeps 
the whole fan base up to date on news. It's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I, no, I was really looking forward to it. And the first, the first two songs I heard were the, those two songs that were released on YouTube from a live show. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I avoided those. I didn't want to ruin the, the album experience. So I actually did not listen to those till after. Oh wow. Yeah. No, I, when they came out and it was like, yep, this is a new song. I was like, no way. And I listened to it and I was like, this is really great. I do want to mention before I forget to say it, that I, as a person, as a fan of music, in general, I'm pretty easygoing. Like, if a if a band I like puts out an album and it's good, I'm happy. Like, although, but some people, especially with this album from Tool, some people heard this and they're like, "Oh, it's nothing new. They're recycling riffs." And like, some people are actually very disappointed. And like, yeah, I don't understand how you could be disappointed. Like, it's it's very good at minimum. And so it might not have been what you expected. It might not be better than another album of theirs that you like better, but it's really good, man. So like for me personally, I'm easy going. I, I enjoyed like my first impressions were that I really liked it and I enjoyed it. And so, so those are my first general impressions. Yeah, that's, and I saw a lot of that as well. And actually I kind of veered on that side of things once I heard Fear Inoculum when it was announced, you know, and released as a single, I thought like this makes me really happy because I'm easy going with music too. Like unless it's downright awful, if a band sounds like what I know and love about them, you know, I'm happy. So I was going to be happy if it was familiar. I was probably going to be happy if it was if it strayed in a new direction. But I heard Fear Inoculum and I thought, yeah, like. Th- they may have overdid the riffage on it too much, especially at the end. Um, but that was just the first impression. Now it, that's one of my favorite tracks off the album. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, they, they did. Sure, sure, they do sound a little bit, you know, the same. There's nothing new, but it's more refined. And it's just a little more, I don't know, it, it, kind of 10,000 Days Part 2, which I'm fine with, completely fine with. Right. So the, I'll say the one disappointment was the fact that when you break it down to the meat and potatoes, it is basically six new songs. That's really the only thing that disappoints me, even though six songs gives us roughly an hour of listening, which is great. That the only thing I wish I had a little more of is a few more songs, like maybe right. 10. Give me 10 songs. Yeah, I am actually okay with the number of songs because I like the, these monster long songs. Oh, I, I do I, too. I love. Yeah, right. But but so so look. I mean, you can only fit so many minutes of audio on a CD and stuff. Yeah. So like, and, and and the quality of it and the just the 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 vibe of it like is I don't. I mean, I would love more songs. Don't get me wrong, but like I'm okay with with what's there. Yeah, I, I've learned to accept it because, like you, like. I don't know what I'd do with a four minute tool song at this point. I have no idea what I'd even do with it. Like I, I would just be disappointed that it was over. So the fact that they took, cause my, I think my favorite track off, uh, I always pronounce it anima, even though it's not what it's pronounced, but anima one or the other. Yeah. Uh, third eye, probably my favorite track off of that. And it's like 13 minutes. Yeah. So, so yeah, the fact that all the songs are lengthy, that makes me happy. I just, as a selfish tool fan, I was like, man, could you squeeze me a couple more? Maybe, <laughs> yeah. you know, like chocolate chip trip is cool, but you know, yeah, may, maybe another, another song with some, some singing and the other instruments, even though that has grown on me as well. But from, from the time you heard it seven months ago to now, has, has anything changed about the album for you? That's kind of where I'm at on this podcast and doing some reaction videos going through every song i kind of started that a few weeks ago but do do you stand anywhere different now as opposed to when it was released did it grow on you like tool albums do or is it kind of stayed your excitement level stayed the same um well so when i first heard it i really liked it and then it was of course it's always nice because i'm also a musician it's always nice to do a lot of critical listening to tool songs, especially with the odd time signatures, just to figure out the odd time signature and then follow it. Because the beauty of 
Tool and their odd time signatures, especially and especially with Danny Carey on drums, he they'll be playing in an odd time signature, but you can tell that when they rehearse, they get so comfortable with an odd time signature. Then he starts to do these ridiculous fills within the odd time signature, and like so at first when you hear it, like it's sort of confusing because you you just hear this guy just going off, and you're like, I mean, it has a nice flow and a nice bounce, but at the same time, you don't really catch it. So. When, when I first heard the album, that's when I was really listening critically, almost as if, like, if you were going to put me on stage with a drum set and be like, okay, play along with Tool, like, I as a drummer, I always think that way. Like, I want to know how to drum the song. So it was cool figuring all that out. But over time, um, well, I will say one thing that's happened to me with this album, which happens to me pretty much with every really great album, is when you first hear it, you sort of have your favorite song and then like that'll be your favorite song for like a month or two and then oh, yeah. then another song will be your favorite song for like a month or two and then another song will be your favorite so that, that, that definitely true. happened with this with this album i would say uh right off the bat numa was was my favorite yep i'm with you then it was descending and then uh then it was tempest and now I don't. Now it's yeah. I mean, temp. I listen to Tempest so many times now. It's, even on our, uh, I do a live stream with the Podcasters Lounge. It's our Facebook group. Yeah. And uh, last night we, I literally played Tempest the whole song on the stream uh, because uh, Scott Sakura, who was on there with me, he had never heard it, and he's into metal and stuff. And and I was like, dude, you haven't heard Tempest yet? And I'm like, it won a Grammy for the best metal song and he's like he's not like a great uh a huge tool fan but like he definitely appreciates them so anyway we listened to it and anyway uh so yeah those have been like my favorite songs one thing that's interesting i saw this guy on youtube he did his top three songs off of this album and you know what his number one favorite song was i'm gonna say calling voices Exactly. And and I and I want to know from you. I I can't wait to hear from you about your experience over time, but but yeah, I couldn't believe that. I mean, look, it's a good song. Yeah. And by the way, when when the when the drums kick in in the middle toward the end-ish and the bass the bass sound when it comes in loud and distorted, that is one of the most ridiculous bass sounds and of course by ridiculous I mean awesome. Right. It's just a monstrous bass sound. I just, I can't tell you how much I love that bass sound. It's so big. It's like, I, it's hard to, I can't even put words to it, but no. anyway. And it's, and it's one of those, and that's the, that's the, I could see people choosing that as their favorite because the buildup is a lot different on that one. You get a lot more soothing, melodic, you know, tool. And, and then, like you said, when that bass line drops in, the song just completely changes. So I, I could see that because I'm one of those tool fans that I am, I'm very much about the progression. So do I love opiate? Yes. Do I love undertow? Yes. Do I love a, uh, Onima? Yes. Onima is where it really gets good for me. And then my favorite album was lateralis because I love the way they've progressed over the years and become more complicated. And the time signatures have gotten crazy and, like they've went from more of a of a straight hard rock to like this, you know, way out there sound. And I really enjoy the way out there sound. So I I was like you, Numa. Numa hit me like a ton of bricks. Like I heard Fear Inoculum and I jammed that out until the album came out since they released that as a single. And that grew on me greatly. I, I was all about it. And then I heard Numa and I was like, what a perfect second track on the album like everything i loved about fear inoculum they they smacked me in the face with numa and said now listen to this so so numa was my favorite easily like i probably burnt myself out on that to an extent (laughs) after having that the album for a month or two and then i'd say i probably moved on to invincible and then i moved on to calling voices so that was that was my favorite Right now, I'm I'm just now getting to the part where descending is my favorite because, like you said, that that's what Tool does. You'll you'll get honed in on a song and it will just change every month or two. Like yeah. you'll 
you you listen to it in different ways. Like you listen to it critically and excitedly the first time it comes out. And then once you've gave yourself a fill of the album, which for me takes a solid six months, like I will listen to it six months without even thinking, just enjoying, you know, typically in my car, letting tool take the wheel, so to speak. And after a while, then I break it down by instrument. So I start listening to just the bass. Like I'll listen to the whole album and I will focus on just the bass or I'll focus on just the drums or focus on just the guitar. And that kind of made me realize like everybody kind of has their shining moment on this album, like each and every member of the band. And obviously I think Tempest is the shining moment for Adam Jones. Like there's, that's his guitar God track. Yeah. And Danny Carey has multiple moments. Like it was a, it was an Adam and Danny album to me. Like Maynard kind of took a, a back seat in my opinion, but he still delivers a really solid performance. But I got to say, and I want to see that live stream you're talking about, because I definitely want to watch you guys or hear you guys listen to Tempest. So if there's a way to point me in the direction to that after this is over, that'd be great. But I will say, and this is, this pisses off a lot of longtime tool fans tempest is my least favorite track on the album right for now i don't know i don't i don't see it i don't see it becoming my favorite and and that's not because i don't love it i do but there's so much classic tool in there and where i'm a bigger fan of the the more recent tool than i am the old tool like i've grown with them i guess in a way right like i tempest just doesn't quite hit me the same way as the other songs on the album yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, there's it this is <laughs> this is people perceiving art and the perceptions are all over the place, the perceptions change, so and it's flavors, pe- different people like different flavors, so it's totally understandable. Um Tempest for me, okay, as a drummer, the fact that for the la- for after the first 5 minutes of the song, the whole song is in basically it's in 2116 time which is insane. Yeah. But like as a drummer, once I click, once you get into that and you can follow that, see, that's the thing. If you can't follow that time signature, then it you never get into that groove. But if you can count it out and it's not, not hard to count out, but it does take a while to get in that groove because it is so odd. Once you get into that groove, it's then it's almost like you're in another world. So that's one thing. And the other thing is, like you said, Adam Jones on Tempest was, I mean, his solos and his riffs are unbelievable. It's just great, man. And that's what's crazy. Like, I put Tempest up there in the top half of their best songs ever. But to me, the the album's so strong from start to finish that I just, I don't know. Like, I made multiple posts on Twitter when I listened to the whole album, and I was like, Tempest is for every Tool fan. Like, there's a little bit of opiate in there. There's a little undertow. There's some anima, some lateralis, some 10,000 days. There's, It has a little bit of everything. And I almost feared that it was like a swan song. Like, hey, we're not bringing you another album, but here is a masterpiece for you. With every bit of the sound that we've done over the past 30 years, here you go. So well, I, I don't know if that's true, but I, that was just Well, it's an funny assumption. you say that because a guy I know... Uh, Billy O, who has a show called The Billy O Show, mm-hmm. he he, I think right after the album came out, he's like, "That's it. This is their last album. They're done." And I was like, "Wait, wait, what? Like, do you know any information? Like, why are you saying that?" And he he didn't really have any insider information. That was just more or less his opinion. And but like you said, maybe it is their last album, right? Because you never know what's going to happen. I mean, yeah, you don't. If anything happens to one of those members, it's over. Like, they're yes. So there's no and, replacing. Yeah, there's no replacing. No. So hopefully that's not the case, uh, you know, but we, we can't really foresee that in any way. But yeah. And, and the other thing is the 13 years, it's like, I mean, I, I still don't know the backstory about the whole stuff with all the record company and all that. Like there's all kinds of shenanigans going on yeah. for years and they were in lawsuits. I know. I think I know that. Uh, yeah. Do you know any further information on that? thing and and are they past all that that's my ultimate question i I know that this was the last album on their record deal 
So if there's any chance that we're going to get a new tool album within five years, that's my hope. Like we, I've got the, the sad assumption that Tempest was a swan song, but then I also have this feeling that we might get another tool album within five years because now they can go all Radiohead or all U2. I hate mentioning U2. That made my heart hurt. Uh, not a fan, but anyways, they, they can go all Radiohead and just release something on their own now. So I'm kind of hoping that's the result we get. But the the only thing I knew about the 13 years was like you said the the lawsuit stuff. Uh, and I, I think Maynard did a lot of like really vague finger pointing at the rest of the members of the band, not in a hateful way, because I don't think he really cares that much when the album comes out, but. I think it was sort of like, you know, we, we just couldn't all seem to find the time to get together. And obviously it takes a long time to release an album. But I saw in one interview where he basically said the album was done three years prior to them releasing it. But the band, the band itself, Adam, Danny, Justin, couldn't, weren't really on board with the final product. Like they wanted to make it better. So I take it that all these songs have been in the pipeline and were basically all but finished three years ago. But I, I feel like maybe they, they took their time and refined them and they did a hell of a job if that's the case. But yeah, right. I just, I just think they've all got a lot of things going on and they, they just kind of let it play out a little bit. And I, and I kind of understand that because there's things I've wanted to do audio and podcast wise and YouTube wise that before you know it, like a year or two, gets away from you and you're like shit all, all i wanted to do was make a, a video about this certain mic and i it's a year yep. later and i haven't done it yep so yeah and and even a lot of the things maynard mentions about how they're how they do songwriting now because it's basically like the three musicians write the song and then maynard got to the point where he was telling them look don't send me anything until it's done right because I saw that. they would yeah yeah they'd send him parts of tracks or unfinished music and then he'd like spend a lot of time writing lyrics and melodies and then they'd basically say oh no no we're not doing that anymore it's all changed and he got frustrated and he's like you know what forget it just when you guys have it done give it to me when it's done done so I know that uh, yeah I mean I don't I don't know what kind of internal band tension there is I don't think there is I don't I mean, either as far as we know but, yeah yeah I think they're comfortable with each other but you know, I'm sure they get aggravated with each other a little bit, but I, I'd say it's simple aggravation. I, I doubt anybody holds any kind of, you know, right. grudge or, or ill feelings, but I do hope we get more. I, I, I mean, that's as a long-term tool fan, it, it would definitely, it would definitely be nice to get more. Cause I can't, I can't think of another band that could release an album that I anticipated like fear inoculum. So, yeah, you know, I just found out, my because uh, I got tickets to see them in a few months here in Colorado Springs and and they just canceled all their dates through the summer. So. I saw that. How many times have you seen them, if at all? Um, three, three or four. I can't remember. Same. I know I saw them like literally like six weeks after nine eleven. I saw them. That was my oh, first wow. time seeing them. Yeah, and that was on uh, obviously Lateralis, the tour. Yeah. Which you said that's your favorite album, which, of course, I mean. It was. When you you start an album off with The Grudge, I mean. Oh, man. Yeah. I I don't even need to hear anymore. (laughs) No. No, that was was fantastic. And then, you know, making it all the way through to Lateralis, and then, you know, you you basically feel like you're on drugs even though you haven't touched the stuff. So. (laughs) Totally. But, yeah. So, wait. You, you, what, this, uh. Sorry, this one, Lateralis, is not your favorite album? I, thought- I I'm very torn. I, I'm okay. torn now because I, I've listened to Fear Inoculum so much, and I'm I'm okay with admitting that it might be my favorite album. Right. So I'm I'm just very torn. I even went back and just to try to prove to myself, like which one is it, buddy? So I listen to all of them, and I'm like, man, I don't know. Like I, there's it just depends on the day. Like there yeah. may be a day where. Anima resonates with me more or, you know, I've had my moments where 10,000 days resonated with me a little more. It's, it's just so hard to tell sometimes like every album 
kind of serves a purpose and a timeline in my life anyways. So it's tough. Yeah. And it does change. Like, I, I totally agree with that, that, um, yeah. I mean, sometimes I think of it like if you were only allowed to have one, one tool album for the rest of your life. Oh, that's scary. That's scary. Yeah. That's it's impossible. It's not just scary. It's, it's literally impossible to decide that, but that's a good way to look at it because my instant thought was like, I don't know if I could part with lateralis. So Look at you go. You just, you forced my hand. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's like, hey, you got one. I, I would pick Anima because, I, I mean, uh, yeah. And see, I'd be very sad to not have that anymore. So it's, you know, here, here <laughs> yeah. I go, here I go again kind of thing. So, right. But yeah, that's. One thing about Fear Inoculum I'd like to say, too, is that it 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 seems like the, it seems like a, almost i want to i want to say it seems like a more mature record but it's not like stale or boring or lame it's it's still tool it's still great but it's like it just seems a little more maybe refined is a better word like it's it's like they could still be heavy and they could still punch you in the gut when it when they need to but somehow it just it, it's a little smoother. Like, like yeah. it, well, let me put it this way. I, when I was in high school in the late eighties, I was into, you know, Metallica and Anthrax and Slayer. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it, keep in mind, this is Metallica, late eighties, Metallica, not black album and after. Right. Right. So into some heavy stuff and tool, when they first came out, they had some really heavy stuff, like, cr- like really heavy. Now they don't, they have some things that are really heavy, but it's not as, like aggressive sounding or it it's just a little more polished or something. Yeah. So it has that power, but it's also, it, I don't know if it's just the way they present it, but like nowadays I can't listen to really, really heavy bands. I can't listen to Slayer anymore. Right. Like I just, I just can't. I, I, I've, I feel like I've grown out of that, but I can still listen to tool because it seems like they've sort of progressed along with me in terms of still being heavy, but being more, mature about it or something does that make any sense no it makes perfect sense uh, because it's it's uh it, you're right like the the attack was kind of full force and opiate and undertow like they just attacked you with their sound and it was such a different darker sound without being too tuned down i guess and and now now it's a little more stoner rock it's a little more uh chugging uh, there, there's a little more chug to it than just attack, I guess. I, I don't know how else to explain mm. it, but it does. If you listen to Fear Inoculum and then you go back and listen to Undertow or Anima, like, which there's a pretty big progression for me from Undertow to Anima, but it, it, there, you, you would be able to say, like, that one's got to be a newer, this one's got to be them being a little further along in life. Right. Like, you can kind of tell somehow. So... And, and that's that was kind of comforting too. Like I, I think of Tool as this band that I don't want them to try to stay in their late twenties or early thirties. Like I, I want to hear the the progression in their music as far as like where they are in life. And I, and I think we we got that on Fear Inoculum for sure. Yeah, you know, one way I can tell it's so funny. My wife uh, is she was born in India. She's Indian, and and so she. I mean, and she she moved to the U.S. as an adult, right? So mm-hmm. she grew up in India and not into music at all. Not she probably didn't even hear like American or rock music or anything like that, right? So I when when we're driving in the car and I play Tool for and I play Tool in the car, like the new album, again because of the way it's presented or something about it, she can get into it. She can nod her head and she can hang with it. But like if I played if for instance, if I did play her some some of the raw songs, let's say on Undertow, it has a whole different vibe and it's just like more nasty and like yeah. she doesn't like it as much. And it's angrier. And I'm just saying I'm just saying she my wife in a way is is a is uh it's interesting to watch her reaction. That's what I'm saying. And that, well, it's kind of funny that you said that because I, I wanted to mention too, like we're now we're seeing I, I can't help but wonder if two things which i'm i'm a, i'm gonna give you a forewarning i am just a slight conspiracy theorist just oh. a, just a little 
I'm more than that. So well, okay, then I I'll, I'll, I'll admit that I am a little bit too. So <laughs> I, I don't I don't go super super deep. Like I just keep an open mind. But so we've got now we see all these reaction videos to these. I take it you're roughly 10 years older than me. I graduated in 99. Sounds like you graduated into the 80s or early 90s. Yeah, 90. 90, 90 exactly. Okay, yeah. and I graduated in 99. So I, I'm seeing all these people that I can only guesstimate are between 18 and 30 listening to Tool and reacting. And I, I'm seeing these people enjoy this music they've probably never been introduced to. And part of me wonders, did they wait? Like, were they thinking about a, a generational divide at all and, like, hitting a new territory of listeners? Because they did, whether they planned on it or not. Like, it's for that album to do what it has done and for it to, like, slay Taylor Swift, basically, when it came out. That That's ah. one thing, which is just nuts. But then also the album really fits the times we're living in right now, like Maynard's lyrics, they can go one of many ways. And I don't know if any of us will truly know the exact purpose for every song, but like I, I listen to fear inoculum now and it's just like hollowing in co compared to this situation that we're dealing with right now, like kind of the perfect album for the times. Right. Yo, I was thinking about the lyrics too. Like even the lyrics of Tempest are very interesting, and, and yeah. even uh, Invincible as well. Yeah, and Fear yeah, Inoculum. But... I just like it's it's very you know I don't know immunity, contagion, just all, all these trigger yeah. words, and I'm just like man, they uh, which th 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 it follows in the the line of of tool lyrics so to speak, but it's like you said, it, it's a little more mature in my opinion. Like the you know, lyrics too, but it, man, it really, it makes me think right now. Yeah. And, and one way, maybe, maybe like calling it more mature or more refined is, is maybe the right way to say it is to say that the, the music now it's, it's more, it's like art. Yes. It, it's, it's more art. Yeah. It's yeah. deeper art. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of feel a transition from like, you know, metal fringe grunge to, to art rock by, by the time we get to fear inoculum. So, yeah. And the depth is what makes it so first of all, the depth in rhythms with Danny Carey, like yes. doing, you know, all these polyrhythms and, you know, he doesn't just play straight four on the floor drum beat. You God know what no. I'm saying? Like his drum beats, it takes a long time to figure out even what he's doing. And, and so, and then again with the bass, uh, same thing. Then the way the bass and the guitar work together, they've always been great at that. And then, of course, Adam Jones's guitar is, it's it's deep stuff. I mean, it's like, it's beyond just a couple riffs and some lyrics, you know. And then Maynard's lyrics, they're they're deep. Yeah. So it's like a voice. painting when when you go to a when you go to an art gallery. If you stand in front of a good painting, you stand there for a while. Right. Like you don't just look at it and go, oh, that's cool, and keep going. And that's how Tool is. It's like you have to, you have to give it time, and and really be interested in it. To and, and that interest allows it to unfold, and that's what makes it different than a, a silly pop song, which you can listen to it once, and you, by the end of it, you know the words and you know the rhythm, and then it's boring. Right. I, I could not agree more. And, and you've got, you know, Maynard's voice. I, I remember the reason I kind of d dove into Tool to begin with was like, I've never heard a voice like this. Wait a minute. I've never heard a guitar sound like this. <laughs> okay. Now I've never heard anyone drum quite like this. And then, you know, I, I want to say I've never heard bass like that either. And I, and I haven't, but you know, there, there's something that really just stands out about Danny Carey's drumming, the sound Adam gets out of his guitar and, and Maynard's voice is unlike anything that I've ever heard. So it's, and, and now just, Justin fits perfectly. Like I, he's my favorite bassist easily. So I, there's nothing that compares to that for me now either, but somehow they, they took four pieces and, and created like the best art, at least for your ears that I've ever heard. And that's, that's kind of how I look at them and why they're my favorite band. And when, when people don't understand it, I don't get mad 
I don't get upset. My God, YouTube will kill you if you don't like their music. But <laughs> I, I, I totally get it. If, if it's not for you, it's not for you. Like, it just hits me on a deeper level. It's really hard to explain how they've even accomplished what they've accomplished with being so intimate with their fans just through their art. Totally, totally agree. And, you know, one one of these react, uh, reaction videos off YouTube was this woman reacting to the pot. For and that, it was her first time ever hearing Tool, and she listened to the pot, and 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 the pot is on uh, ten thousand days, right? Yes, yeah. Um, and and I gotta say, I, I what I realized after watching her react to the pot for her first Tool song ever was that's a great song to show people. That's a great first song to show people who have never heard Tool before. Because it is more straight ahead. Most of it's it's pretty much all in four four time. Right. And it's heavy. It's groovy. The, the, the vocal performance is awesome. It, the drums are every, every it's it's tool, but it's it's a it's a more straight ahead tool that the average person can hear it and understand four four time and then digest it a little at least a little bit. Yep. So that was, I don't know. I was thinking like if anyone ever said like, oh, I don't know anything by tool like. That might be the first song I tell them to go listen to, right? <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more because that that was uh, for that time and that album. That was the perfect song to release as a single because it was it was straightforward. It was yeah, it, it was the perfect thing for a casual listener to get hooked in by. And, I, and I'll never forget Ten Thousand Days either because I heard that album and my friend Brian that I worked with, he you know big time Tool fan, right along with me. Uh, but we, we would listen to that album carpooling cause that's about the time we worked together was that album. And I remember saying like, man, this is like, this is tools blues album. And he, <laughs> he, and he looked at me, he's like, what? what the hell are you talking about? Like, don't get me wrong. Like it's hard rock. It's heavy. It's still tool. It's still psychedelic, but also straightforward. I was like, but there's a certain element of, of like somehow they've taken blues and turned it heavy. And, and he totally didn't understand that. And I was like, man, nobody quite understands what I'm thinking. And, and then I saw an article and Adam Jones said it was their blues album. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> like, wow. like that, that was really cool. Like someone gets it. Someone knows how I'm feeling and happens to be the guy that did the guitar work on the album. But, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. The, the reactions are, are great. Like I've watched, you know, the voice coaches react to Maynard and, you know, people reacting to, fear inoculum that have never heard them at all and they're just their minds being blown and it's kind of validating i guess i'm like see i i knew i wasn't crazy for loving this crazy yeah. ass music yeah so fear inoculum yeah i mean i'm still yeah i still listen to it i find myself because so i produce podcasts pretty much all day every day so i'm sitting at my computer with my speakers and i'm you know mixing and working on producing podcasts. And so, um, but a lot of times at night, at, it's funny, pretty much ever since the album came out, it's almost like at night, I'll just come and sit here in front of my computer and I'll just listen to music. Like, and I, I mean, I, of course I listen to music in different places and in different ways from my phone in the car, but like sitting down in the studio and just really listening, it, it's like fear inoculum has sort of helped me get back to doing that more, you know, because I don't know, like, I don't know how you feel, but when I was younger, dude, like, music was my life, man. I was oh, always yeah. playing music, I buying albums, and, like, every everything was music, and as an adult, sometimes, depending on your situation, you can end up listening to a lot less music, and and I kind of was, but not, I mean, I don't know, it, it, I felt good about myself listening to less music. It wasn't, it, well, it wasn't a problem, but then when this album came out, I was, I was, I've been listening a little more to music. It's, and it's really nice, man. Like, yeah, it opens up a whole world and there's something in there, right? It's, there's something going on in there. I don't know what it is. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't either. And people don't understand me when they see me listen to it. And like, what the hell's wrong with this guy? Like, what's what is there? Is there a snake in his pants? Is there like a evil spirit in his shoulders? What is going on? But, but yeah, no, I totally get it because I mean, I attribute podcasts a little bit, family life, just getting older. Like they're, 
when I was younger, there would never be a day where I would even dream about getting in my car and driving to silence. But now I, I tend to do that more than I ever have. Like I, I will drive with either a podcast or silence. And sometimes I'm just like, I'm not in the mood for music. And that, that almost blows my mind because music was my life too. Like right. I picked up a guitar because of tool and the only style I play is drop D chuggy, you know, like mm. that's just, that's what I play when I, when I pick up my guitar. So I was in the same boat. Like I, I started looking in the mirror, like, damn it. I became that guy that's stuck in his generation. Like I, new music comes out. I'm like, ah, that's garbage. <laughs> you know, like it's just not any good. And, and well, then, it just so happens it actually is garbage, though. <laughs> it really is. There's just like they're, they're, it's sad. Like I, we do the reaction channel, and like when a band that I know brings out a song, like the other day, it's like Bush has a new single. I'm like, okay, well, I was kind of into Bush. Then I put the single on, like that's crap. And oh. you know, oh, the the Strokes got a new song. Sweet, I love the Strokes. Put it on, that's crap. I'm like, man, wow. what what's wrong with me? I cannot get into any band's new music. And then luckily Fear Inoculum comes to to save me. And the new Pearl Jam. Don't know if you're a Pearl Jam fan. That album is good. Oh, real? What's the name of the album? Uh, Gigaton. Gigaton. Okay, yeah. So I, I was into them early on. Like, I remember when, uh, what's the, al- their second album? Uh, Versus? Yeah, yeah, Versus. I remember when that came out. I was actually living in the city. I mean, I was working in the studios at that time, I believe, or it was right before then. But uh, yeah, they were great. Their first couple albums were just great. And but I lost touch. They they had that Vitology came out, and that, that had a couple. That I mean, that had a lot of good songs, but like I, I resonated a bit less to Vitology. And then after that, I literally don't even know what they put out. Yeah, and then and that's what happened with them. I mean, that's that's par for the course. Okay. So, but I mean, Gigaton, Gigaton, yeah, yeah. So they. You know, I, I'm right there with you. Like, I was into them pretty deeply all the way through Vitalogy and then completely lost touch because they just didn't sound the same for a long time. And this new album, like, they didn't rewind the clock and put out another 10 or verses, but they're a little angrier than they've been for a long time. And they they also got a lot more compl- uh, complex, I guess. Uh, oh, okay. than they have in a long time and they they, uh, they actually made quite a triumphant return it, it's a that one's been stuck in my rotation for the last couple of weeks really really good but interesting yeah um one thing i wanted to mention too uh, especially with numa uh, or using numa as an example the lyrics of numa are very spiritual yes and that's one that's i for me i think it's been an important part of tool that the lyrics are very deep and spiritual quite often not always but quite often that means a lot to me because they're not only producing great music and melodies and writing lyrics but there's actually a deeper meaning and i'm i'm you know i practice spirituality in my life for the past however 17 years whatever so like and and i really value that uh, and I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about spirituality, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and so I just that part of Tool, the fact that it it ta- Tool talks about spirituality and and gives certain concepts and stuff. That I think that's a big reason why I why I love Tool. How about you? Yeah, no, yeah, it really is. Like I, for me to say I can pinpoint what spirituality, you know, what where they're spiritual roads take them i I, i'm not going to put words in their mouth but like i've definitely become more spiritual over the years so that resonates with me quite a bit i mean just just the greater meaning in life overall i guess so so yeah that that's one of the things that's also really been great about tool over the years is whether you agree with every lyric or not it, it it's almost impossible for it to not resonate with you in some way because there's so many interpretations and you know, I, I, I feel pretty good after combing through the lyrics and and singing along with what they're talking about, because no matter how they used to be viewed, of course, you know, the media, 
any band that sounds like them or or has that dark sound or talks about some of the subjects that Maynard's talked about. Like, of course, they jump straight to to evil, but like I I feel like there's a lot of uh, really good positivity in their music right now. So yeah, you just really got to think about it when you're listening to it. It's it's not. They definitely, to me, do not come from an evil place. It's definitely a spiritual, positive place that they come from. Yeah, and and when it's not spiritual and positive, it's one other thing that Maynard does is he just cuts through all the BS. Like the song uh, Hooker with a Penis. Yeah, yeah. When, When he talks about the guy who came up to him and said he was an OG fan from back in the old days, and and then he said he thought that tool was selling out. And Maynard just very playfully says, yeah, we did sell out where everyone sells out. Like what, you know, and, and you bought our record. So we, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's just, he, he, he confronts things head on sometimes and it's, that's refreshing to me. And I think that's refreshing to everyone. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of, I pride myself on being very blunt and direct, you know, while somehow keeping away from just being rude or mean. And that's, that's kind of how I see Maynard at times too. It's like, listen, like I'm not trying to be an asshole, but you need to be put in your place at the moment. And this, this is the way it actually is. So, yeah, I didn't realize how much I love that song, but I I just recently saw someone react to that song and it's just, it's just great. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to have to watch it. That's one of the, the few songs I've not watched anyone, you know, react to. I know me and you both talked about, the reaction videos being a little addictive at the moment. There's just yeah something fun about seeing people <laughs> listen to that. But yeah, no, it's great. And there's just so many reasons. And I, and I had a feeling doing this episode with you, like it would just be a nice, smooth, easy convo. No notes on my end, just, <laughs> just a little bit of tool talk. Like I could tell, you know, you were a pretty big fan. I'm like this, this, this will be pretty easy to talk about this album and tool and, you know, just what this album kind of means as far as, our lives go like you know yeah. i kind of got down to the baseline of it at the end there like you know music was kind of fading for me sounds like it was kind of fading for you at least listening like maybe not playing or you know i used to i dive back into the old stuff that i love quite a bit but sometimes i'm like i need a break that way i don't overplay this older stuff that i love and and tool comes along to save the day so yeah, and I I want to actually say one other thing I was thinking about is is Adam Jones. I mean he's he's an artist, and I have a feeling that on you know I have a feeling that Adam Jones because I know he designs some of the artwork and 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 like we didn't even talk about the fact that the, the packaging of Fear Inoculum with the the little video it's like a double CD with the. Uh, or not a double CD, but it's like a CD packaging that has a video screen on it with a little battery embedded in the in the case. That battery, like, by the way, mine's still not dead. Oh, really? I, I I actually played that a few times, but I haven't really played it since then. I mean, I thought that was a really cool thing to do, a cool way to release yeah. the album, and I happily bought it because I just want to support them and Same. and and I love whatever they do anyway. Do anyway. So, uh, but yeah, I mean. It was great, and so I think Adam Jones, and this is just a feeling, is that he, he, I don't know if he's the most artistic person of them all, or maybe it's a combination, but I have a feeling he's at the heart of of something, and and because look, all music like this, it's guitar-based music. Right. The guitar is the main instrument, period. Yep. And so, like... It, it's all on most of it's on him like right off the bat you know so <laughs> he you know and and yeah i just think he's he the way he i think sort of i don't think he directs the band or anything but like i have a feeling like a lot of stuff they want to do like he's I and I I'm just this is total conjecture, but I have a feeling like he's the one who kind of is steering the ship. Maybe I feel artistically. That, I feel that way. I, I feel okay. like I do feel like it starts with him. Like I I really do. Like I think it starts with him, and uh, you know Justin and Danny work around the fact, and then Maynard comes in at the end. So yeah, I mean I I'm with you there because he's he's the one that you know has done 
special effects on Jurassic Park and Predator, and you know he he's got a, a highly artistic background. So right. and so yeah, I I I think you're pretty spot on there. Of course, we have no proof or anything right. like that, but to me, it it does revolve around Adam Jones. So and yeah, I yeah, and even the new probably. album, it's like. I mean, how many guitar riffs can you write? Like, I don't know. I don't know if you play guitar or any instrument, even drums. How many drum beats can you make up? But like to have these guys after this long and after putting out this many great albums come out with an album like Fear Inoculum, in a way, it's quite amazing, right? That they're still cranking at that high level, right? Yeah, it's it's very amazing because it's, you know, there's. There, there's only one tool and there's only one sound really like it's evolved it's progressed but but if they changed it up too drastically it would just it would be totally weird and they've <laughs> somehow they they have changed it up minimally from album to album in my opinion and it's just minimal enough to where ah, god what's the words i'm looking for they change it up just enough to make it fresh but it's still familiar and for him to be able to do that over the course of all these seven eight nine ten minute songs i mean that's that that's a marathon like that doing a song of that length like you basically have to take their catalog and multiply it by two because that's what they give you on one song is two to three songs (laughs) so for him to be able to do this and come up with a, a a way to make it fresh and new and it's it's quite amazing yeah, I mean Tempest, the guitar in Tempest. If, if there's so many parts, never heard him do anything like that. The solos are absolutely tremendous, but then just the riffs, like some of those riffs are absolutely disgusting. Like, oh yeah, I wish I could write one riff like that in my entire life. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, ah, oh, I mean, deep and disgusting in a good way, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I've seen Dave Grohl talking about their new album and how he's got this riff that that is 25 years old, and he's so excited to release it. And I'm like, I'm excited for it too, Dave. But if it comes anywhere close to any of Adam Jones's riffs, I'll be shocked because <laughs> that's where it's at. So, all right. Well, Chris, I appreciate you coming on and doing this with me. I didn't want to keep you too long not much more than an hour of course us tool fans we could probably stretch this out until this pandemic is over if we wanted hey, I, to i thought we were gonna go uh song by song section by section here <laughs> <laughs> riff by riff drum beat by drum beat. <laughs> that that maybe we'll save that one for the next album <laughs> yeah or like the five-year anniversary or something yeah five-year anniversary we'll, we'll we'll pop that on and stream it while we're talking we'll, we'll kind of do a reaction but it'll be you know, if you've got that long drive from California to New York, this is the podcast for you. There you go. Yeah. But yeah, thank you, Chris. It's It was so awesome to be on the podcast engineering show. Awesome to hang out with another tool fan, you know, from, from one area to the other. And it's in my area, especially it, when people in my hometown talk about tool, they talk about me. Because <laughs> I'm I'm that crazy tool fanatic. Like, oh yeah, that's Barker's favorite band. Uh, that's you know I'm just I'm in an area where everybody's jamming Luke Bryan. Just just not a lot of tool fans. So when I get mm. the opportunity to talk to one, definitely makes me happy. So so thanks for making my my Sunday better. Well, Jeremy, thank you, man. This has been really fun for me. Equally as fun, if not more. I'm totally a big tool fan and i really appreciate chatting with you about it man thank you again ah thank you chris and i i look forward to any opportunity we get in the future to talk about something else but apparently in five years we're (laughs) going to do that seven and a half hour long podcast riff by riff so i'm looking forward to that (laughs) cool man all right thank you guys for listening go check out chris's podcast go check out if you want to get into podcast engineering if you want to start a podcast chris you have a program yeah, well, my program is more for people who want to learn how to produce really professional podcast audio. It's actually very specific, and it's very, very in-depth, so it's it's not for the average person. But, yeah, anyone who wants to know how to produce professional audio for podcasts, that's what I teach. And this is maybe the perfect time for them to dive into that because we are <laughs> stuck. So, yeah. and, and, and class is in session, what, April 20th? Uh, 28th. 28th, yeah. one day away from my birthday. Oh, cool. Very cool. 
so yeah go check out his podcast podcast engineering show and if you do have interest in producing high quality podcasts i can't think of a better place to go so there you go go see chris you guys can create a, a tempest together nice nice all right man thank you have a good evening and you guys come back for the next episode which i promise won't be about tool <laughs> see you later see y'all